Welcome, everybody. Greetings, wow. Earthlings. It's another episode of Movie Club. And today, we go to infinity and beyond with Galaxy Quest, a Tim Allen film. What? I think that I think that intro could have used a little, a little more power. Oh, boo. Um, ah, well, this movie <laughs> wow. is the gift that keeps on giving. Ho, ho, ho. Santa what? Claus. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah, Santa Claus. Well, I don't want to be the last man standing here to do a good intro, so oh, I'll let God. that one be. Well, if you keep <laughs> on making these puns, I'm going to have to ride my wild hog on out of here. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um, jungle to Jungle. He was in that movie. You piece of shit. <laughs> you stole my trump card. Oh, oh sorry. Shit. Well, sorry. We, we're looking like a couple of old dogs here. We found out he's not in that movie. Yeah. Doesn't that's not relevant to this discussion. No, so we just no. That but we that out. welcome to Movie Club. We are <laughs> reviewing my pick this week, a movie I saw in theaters and I just remember sitting there with my dad, and we were just laughing the whole fucking time. And I thought, is this movie still good? Was it ever good? Let's find out. So we watched Galaxy Quest starring Tim Allen. I watched this movie in theaters with my dad, too. Did he like it? I don't remember. Hmm. I'm sure he did. I'm, yeah. I mean, I liked it. There's like a laugh my dad does when it like a real hard laugh, and it's like a... And then he laughs, and it was a lot of that. I remember that vividly. Um, Your dad's real laugh. My not the laugh. fake, not the like, fake. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, I had to laugh at your dumb joke, Sean. No, not that. Oh, one. that's good. That's yeah. rich. Yeah. Uh, well, I never saw this in theaters. I didn't see this until much later in life, maybe even the last few years. Never did. Looked dumb when I was uh, I was in high school. I was like, the, the, to me, this is the I label this movie. This is the ultimate. It shouldn't have worked movie. Because mm -hmm. I remember seeing promos like that's not going to be funny. Why did Why did you think that? It just oh 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 look they're they're oh it's like Star Trek but they're oh wait they got the wrong people, uh they got actors who were in this Star Trek kind of show what a wacky mix up, it never looked that funny it, Tim is Tim Allen that great you know whatever when the way they promoted it never thought it looked good and then again this was in high school, I had friends that came back the next week that were like did anybody see Galaxy Quest what a great movie what everyone spoke so great of it and I was like you, you guys are tripping. Saw it later in life, and I'm I'm color me very surprised. Yeah, that I this think movie it, works. Oh. You know what's interesting about this movie is that I think everyone was on that same page, Rocco, especially uh, people who were in Star Trek shows, movies. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, they're making fun of us." Uh, they're, I'm, yeah, fuck this, and like resounding. Everyone yeah. that has like come forward. Um, George Takei talked about in Howard Stern how he was like mad about it. Yeah. He was like, oh, they're just making fun of my career. I don't appreciate this. And then he saw the movie and then just like fucking loved it. Patrick Stewart, the same thing. I guess <laughs> Jonathan Franks called Patrick Stewart. Jonathan Franks, who is Commander Riker, for those of you who don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, the guy from uh, Factor Fiction. No. Yeah. Is that it? Is that Factor Fiction? You're wrong. We're lying. <laughs> what if you were a computer? Um. Anyways, he called him and said, go see this movie on a Saturday night and watch it with the crowd. And then Patrick Stewart's like, I did. And no one was laughing harder than me. I fucking loved it. So, yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's it won people it's over. Yeah. Somehow on every, at every pillar that it should have uh, done something wrong. Yeah. It didn't. But we'll see how much it won us over now in this yeah. viewing today. Yeah. Um, and then let's get into it. Let's get into Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Now that we've properly beaten down everybody's expectations, mm -hmm. let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, get into it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> go ahead. No, I mean, don't I get, let me stop you. I was not going to go through the plot like you usually do, but I mean, if you don't want to do that, we don't have to. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I, I guess. Uh, I. I. Uh, okay. <laughs> You guys threw me for a loop. You sat here uh, just talking about how shitty you thought the movie was going to no, be. No, no. I never thought it was going to be shitty, personally. I was always excited for this yeah, movie. Yeah, I thought this movie looked good, and then, uh, you know, I it, and then we saw it, and everybody... I, I don't know anybody who's seen this movie and hasn't enjoyed it, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it there was always so many parodies of, like, Trekkies. You know what I mean? And, like... Yeah. Making fun of, like, intense fandoms for things like that. I feel like I... I felt like I had seen that. Yeah. A million times. And 
Um, and even like Star Trek. Okay, I, I was never that into it. Is a parody of it going to be that much better? You know, I just think there were a lot of things stacked against it, and somehow it beats you know, the like, odds. It's with a all parody, those. but it's also not. Like I don't no. you know. It's it they they walk a, a line, and I think yeah. like if you're a super diehard Trekkie, you see what they're doing, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, like I, I watched this movie. Uh, with Jenny and the kids, Jenny, who is like, will not watch Star Trek. Actually, I'm not watching that. Like, I don't care. She watched this movie and was like, that was great. I didn't yeah. think that, you know, like I, I, well, I begrudgingly put this on just because you had to watch it for work, but I didn't think I was going to love it. Yeah. And I did. It, it really does a good job. It, it kind of like, it makes jokes, but it kind of celebrates all those things. And yeah, it does a really good job. It's really impressive. There is a couple parts I didn't love and we'll get into that. Uh, we go to the plot. So let's, <laughs> let's find out what they are. All right, we're going to get into the plot of Galaxy Quest, everybody. If you haven't seen Galaxy Quest, we're going to spoil every inch of this movie. It's going to be ruined for you. It's not even going to be enjoyable. So I suggest you pause this and go watch Galaxy Quest and then come back and enjoy our conversation. Uh, Let's get into it. This movie opens at a convention, which kudos to them. Not many movies actually show uh, conventions. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a rare setting. Especially at that time. Yeah, especially. yeah, that because really at that time, the only conventions really were Star Trek conventions yeah. and Comic-Con, but that was yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. yeah, and I guess this convention is all about the... It's it's basically a Star Trek convention, but in this world, instead of Star Trek, it's a television show called Galaxy Quest. Actually, I kind of assume that Star Trek still exists in this world, and Galaxy Quest is kind of a oh, cheap uh, knockoff arrival of Star Trek. Interesting. You know, it's like Babylon 5 okay. or Firefly. Mm, right. Because the story of Galaxy Quest was it had one season... Right? No, I think there was more than one. Did they have more than one season? I thought so. Oh, I can't. It's never clear in this movie if Galaxy Quest is a hit or not. Obviously, it has a fan base. Obviously, there's a number of episodes. And yet, at the same time, it feels like everybody who starred on the show is washed up. Yeah, which Mm -hmm. kind of is what happened to a lot of people who were on Star Trek. Yeah, and even Star Trek, the original, was not a big hit. It was like three seasons. Yeah, it's not that many episodes. Yeah, I mean... So I would say that Galaxy Quest is kind of like that original Star Trek. I think a lot of that, like even like the Tim Allen character is clearly William Shatner. Yeah. Like no one likes him. And I guess that Mm -hmm. um, interaction in the very beginning at this convention, Tim Allen goes into the bathroom and he hears people talking about how all the actors are washed up and no one likes Tim Allen. That exact thing happened to William Shatner in a bathroom at a convention center. So, like, oh. they just stole that story that happened from to William Shatner. William Shatner could have ghostwritten this film. He could have. And what's funny is that also happened to Tim Allen. I was shitting, and I, <laughs> I was complaining about Tim Allen, and he was shitting. See how much yeah. home improvement And it also sucks. happened to me. I was in the bathroom, like, Vega 64 is a joke. Oh, These no. guys are fucking tools. It hurt. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so the movie opens at a convention and we get to meet all of the characters in the film. And I think the movie, um, I think I'll just come out the gate and say, I think this is one of the most tightly written screenplays for a film that we've ever covered on movie club. I think that the way that they introduce characters and the way that they forward the plot is so well integrated and well, it's like a nicely oiled machine. Everything just clicks bing bang boom on to the next thing and and they really like kind of hit every note perfectly um i feel like they don't have a lot of missteps you said there's parts of this movie you don't like yeah um and i'm interested to hear what they are when we get to it but in the beginning of this movie they very slyly introduce the characters and all of the characters problems that are going to be solved throughout this movie. Mm -hmm. And I'll go through them uh, real quick. So first of all, Tim Allen is late to the convention and all the other actors are waiting for him. So right away, you kind of figure out that he has a big ego and all the other actors in the group kind of resent him. Mm -hmm. Alan Rickman is in this uh, movie. He plays kind of the Spock character, that weird alien character. But, oh, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, I was impressed he was in this. Like, you know, great British actor and loved reading about him being cast in the movie how he is like i hate sci-fi not interested in doing sci-fi but he read it and was like but i'm like how do i deny this is a great script he said the same thing you did Mm -hmm. he was like this is a good script i want to do it yeah it works uh so alan rickman he pretty much plays himself in this movie he is a very seasoned and trained actor who has been pigeonholed into the most joke 
bullshit role <laughs> ever. And he's yeah. defined by this character that he himself has no respect for. So he hates his life and he wishes he could be more than just the weird alien on a failed sci-fi show. Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver is there. She's the hot blonde bombshell. She actually looks very attractive in this film. She yes. Kudos, kudos she, to you, Sigourney. Seriously. You are hot No, to she, trot. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver. And this is like, what, uh, 16 years after Alien or something like that? Like, yo. She looks S- better than Sigourney. Ever. This is the best movie she's ever looked in. Yeah, for real. Movie. I remember when the previews came out, I actually didn't know who it was in the trailer for a second. And I was like, yeah. wait, that's Sigourney Weaver? Uh, but a classic, you know, hot girl trope lifestyle. She kind of doesn't have any respect. She's just yeah. kind of like uh, an eyepiece in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a kid in the uh, well. He was a kid in Galaxy Quest. He's the pilot of the ship. He's the youngest member of the crew, and he basically just has anger issues. I think it's another. Um, I think it's another kind of like Sigourney Weaver. He's looking for respect, but also I feel like he's the youngest member and he's looking for an identity. He's looking for his role in life. Right. And he's just like, kind of like Will Wheaton was it is, for it a long is. time. Like people were just like, ah, fuck you, Will Wheaton. You're just the little kid from Star Trek, dork. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I fucking hate the world. Like, yeah. Nobody sees me as a real person. It, I think it's hard for kid actors, especially because it's like, oh no, you peaked when you were seven. Like that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. Re- Fuck re- yeah. So how hard. do you re- reconcile that? Yeah. So this kid has anger issues. Yeah. Um, and, and and I just want to say everything that you're saying to is already you're already unveiling why this movie works so well. This is all coming from real shit. Because yeah. that will always resonate more. And what you're mentioning with the Will Wheaton stuff, even going back to uh, Sigourney Weaver's character talking, she she mentions right up front, did a TV Guide interview, and it's six paragraphs about how my boobs fit in the suit. And that's literally, like they said, like we lifted that from j- something Jerry Ryan went through. Yeah. Right? She was... Uh, seven of Nine seven, in Voyager. Seven of Nine, yeah. And it was like exclusive TV Guide interview, and it was like, cool, just that, great. That really happened. Um, all of these are, you know what I mean? None. It could all, this could all have been written like real wacky, like, you know, whatever. And it, some of it kind of is, but it all comes from real shit. And yeah. it, that's why it just feels so real. It so all so good. of them are kind of resenting uh, life, resenting the role that they feel like they're trapped in. And except for one guy, Tim Allen, Jason <laughs> Nesmith. He played the captain on the show. Yeah, he's like Captain Kirk. Mm. And he shows up loving life and not really giving a shit about his fellow actors. You know, he doesn't understand why they're upset that he's late. He's like, hey, I'm here now. You know, hey, the fans are happy. Isn't that all that yeah, matters? And they're yeah. like, you really only think of yourself. You have the biggest ego. Um, and then we meet uh, these side characters. One of them is the super fan. He's a teenager who's obsessed with Galaxy Quest. Yeah. And uh, we meet a group of aliens who Tim Allen and the other people assume are cosplayers. Right. Spoiler alert, they're not. They're real aliens. But also, what a fun way to introduce the aliens at the yeah. convention center dressed like aliens. Yeah. Like, where they, they are there and they don't stand out, yeah. which is hilarious. So as the convention starts, when Tim Allen, Jason Nesmith is his character, when he finally arrives, he kind of upstages everybody. They've been waiting for him to start the show. And now that he's here, it's all about him. Which further alienates himself from his friends, his his ex friends. Um, but then he goes to the bathroom, and as you mentioned, well, he's taking a leak. There are kids giggling in there, and so that they're here ironically, and they're talking shit on him. Like this guy thinks he's actually a captain. He thinks <laughs> that people look up to him. He's a fucking joke. Um, and when he's in there, it it kind of breaks breaks him a little bit, breaks him mentally. Yeah. And so he loses it and he goes home that night and he just drinks and goes on a bender. And he actually snaps at the super fan too and tells him like, it's all fake, you know, it's a joke. And then he leaves and his castmates are worried about him. Like, wow, we've, we've never seen him act like right. that before. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is kind of the first half of the first act that basically is just introduced all of our characters right you know maybe like 10 minutes into the movie and we have all the main players of the story here but as you were saying it's brilliant because we have the main players and now we know what's wrong with all of them yeah we know about how they're all broken and it wasn't like forced into your face it was just effortlessly yeah done yeah yeah Yeah, it's presented it's the you get the medicine with the with the little bit of sugar on top it's an easy pill to swallow and Watching the movie for the first time, you're probably not even aware of all this character development that you're getting so quickly. It's mm-hmm. very nicely done. 
Um, the aliens who he thought were cosplayers, they have asked him to come on a mission and he thinks this is like an independent movie or, you know, like a pet project, something I think sci-fi yeah. uh, actors are used to once their career is winding down, they get hired to just play lesser sci-fi roles on fan films and, and essentially things like that. Um, so they pick him up and they transport him to space and now Tim Allen is on an actual spaceship, but he's so hungover he doesn't realize what's going on. Right. And not only that, it's his spaceship. They recreated the spaceship, the, the, the set that he would go on. And I think, yeah, I think he's all fucked up. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we could skip ahead and kind of reveal what the kind of core plot of this movie is, which is that Galaxy Quest, the TV show, has been transmitted into space. And galaxies away, an alien race received the transmissions and thought that it was real. And they thought that these were like ancient historic <laughs> transmissions from yeah. a lost civilization or a distant civilization. And they modeled their whole, uh, their whole civilization over the Galaxy Quest TV series. And they have been able to recreate everything from the show the spaceships right. the weapons the costumes everything it's also like this alien species is being like killed by this other species and so basically their last ditch effort is to try to get these people to save them like they save all the other things on the tv shows that they've seen yeah and they basically explain that to tim allen while he's hung over they say we're <laughs> at war with a with a warlord named saris yeah and he wants to negotiate tim allen thinking this is like a independent movie he's like yeah sure what let's do the scene bing bang boom oh that's saris over there and saris you know he's like ah. Oh. Captain, it's nice to speak to you, whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, launch all the missiles and uh, put up the defenses and uh, let's get out of here. I mean, he's like an autopilot. Just right, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done this a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I feel like this movie gets right into the comedy aspect of you have a guy who doesn't give a fuck who just started an intergalactic war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, in five minutes, he's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So um, they're like, you're done? He's like, yep, thanks thanks for the role. And he was so hungover, he didn't realize how he got to space. But they're like, all right, we'll send you back to Earth. And they teleport him back to Earth in the most mind-blowing, like, wormhole. <laughs> he, like, transcends dimensions to get back to Earth. And now he's like, what the fuck did I just experience? Yeah. And that kind of concludes act one. Yeah. Um, anything else to say about the movie so far? No, I okay. don't think so. So, um, his castmates, they are doing another signing at the convention and, you know, it's like a weekend, uh, convention, but once again, Jason Nesmith is late and this time they're just over it. He's so late. They're like, this is the last straw. We're so tired of this guy. It's all about him, you know. But then when he shows up, he's really excited about the, the what he just experienced. And he's trying to tell them, like, you guys need to come with me. We need to go on this wild adventure. And they're like, you're drunk, clearly. And we're all mad at you. Mm -hmm. and, and they don't want to hear it. And they kind of band together like, you know what? We're never going to work with you again. And they kind of get in the van to leave. And then they are talking amongst each other like, yeah, can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when has he ever offered us a job? And they realize that's never happened. Yeah. It may never happen again. So then they're clamoring. Oh, well, fuck, let's go. Let's, we're going to get paid. Let's go. And so they're like, all right, let's do it. Um, so they catch up with with. Uh, well, Tim Allen has gone back to the alien spaceship because he thinks this is all amazing. Galaxy Quest is real, and we're kicking ass up there. Yeah. But he left behind uh, the other aliens because he's like, my my teammates are going to tag along. And so they show up, and the aliens are going to transport them to space. Um, there's two characters I actually haven't mentioned yet. One is the... I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays the engineer. Tony Shalhoub? Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. 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 Tony Shalhoub is in this movie, and there's this unspoken gag in this movie that he is high <laughs> yeah i mean it's so I, it's it's vaguely spoken about yeah but did you pick up on that yeah so this is one of those movies something that i love to do with movies is as i'm watching them and sometimes it's to a fault but sometimes when i'm watching them i, I like to think like what did they do to like ch change the rating 
or do there's a few movies where i felt this way about yeah. they did uh johnny knoxville did a movie action point recently and i was like this feels like a kid's movie that they made into an adult movie later or you know whatever stuff like that this was one where i started to pick up I don't remember at what point thinking like, I bet this had a worse rating before they did the same thing with, there was that movie heavyweights. It was a yeah. Disney movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That whole movie, you could see them change little lines. Like people's lips don't quite match. And I'm like, ah, there were worse jokes in this and they wanted to lower the rating and this movie reeks of it. And yeah, after a while, this guy was like, I bet he's stoned out of his mind or something. And they just cut those yeah. references out. There's a big one later that was, that was my absolute, tip off where it's like with yep. him or just in general no that? with with uh with uh sigourney weaver oh yes, yes. <laughs> but um yeah yeah i yeah. could definitely sense that after a while there's, i was like there's, there's no there's a bit here there's no drug use in this movie no. but uh tony shalhoub is acting like a stoner the whole mm -hmm. time he he'll stop mid-sentence and he'll just say things like <laughs> i just had a crazy thought <laughs> never mind and, and yeah I, at one point, an actor looks at him and they're like, are you stoned? And he just like giggles. And that's mm. kind of as much as they say. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but he's also a member of the crew. So he gets transported up there. And then there is another member of the crew played by Sam Rockwell. When the crew meets up with the aliens to get transported to the real ship, Sam Rockwell, he's kind of just like the Q&A host at the convention. Yeah. And he's backstage like making out with a chick. And he sees all the actors run by really excited. He's like, oh, what are they doing? And they're going on some trip. So he decides to go on the trip as well. Yeah. Later on, you find out that he was actually an actor on the show, but he got killed off in like the first episode or first few episodes to the point where his character never even had a name. Mm -hmm. They he was just a disposable crew member who died. There's a lot of those on Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they all get transported into space and immediately they are freaked out. They meet these fucked up looking aliens. They go through this horrific transportation process. It's really funny. It's really scary. And then the aliens kind of put on their like holograms like, Boop. oh, we have the, this technology to make us look normal. Sorry, we didn't put that on. And they're mm -hmm. all terrified. Mm -hmm. Um. And this is where the crew has it explained to them that what what's going on. You know, the TV show influenced society and everything here is based off the show you guys were in. And we need you to help us out because we're involved in an intergalactic war. So uh, Tim Allen loves it at this point because his life was a total joke. Right. And now it's real. Now, now it's important all of a sudden. He's important again. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's treating all this like it's a game, like. You know, oh, I'm the captain. Do this, do that. But he's loving every minute of it because, yeah, now he's finally like in charge of something real. Alan Rickman uh, is like, this is bullshit. Like, I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we do this. And Tim Allen tells him, like, this is the role of a lifetime, like kind of playing into mm -hmm. his acting right. ability. Uh, and Sigourney Weaver, you know, he asks her, like, what are you going to do? Go home and feed your fish, pay the bills, miss out on all this. You know, she finally has a chance to do something significant with her life. Right. Uh, so he entices all of them to stay. Um, so they're all there and they're having a, a meal together. And this is when they find out that they kind of ask, like, so what happened to the last commander? Yeah. Uh, and it, it turns out that Saris, their enemy, like brutally killed him. Yeah. I just want to pause. There's something that just fucking kills me every time I see this movie. And it's when we we gave you uh, food from your planet that you like to eat is what the aliens do to these people. And so like they give everyone like this awesome looking food. But then Al Rickman gets like some live, like fucked up bug thing. It's, yeah, because they think he is like some alien, alien race. Thing. So he's still getting uh. fucked up for being this dumb alien. <laughs> yeah, he hates it. I don't know. I thought it was really funny. Um, and basically they talk about the red herring in this film, which is something called the Omega 13. And that is what Ceres is after. These aliens have the Omega-13. The Omega-13 is something that was alluded to in the Galaxy Quest show, but the show was canceled before they ever got around to really talking about it. So everybody in the cast has kind of heard of the Omega-13. They may not even remember this, but nobody knows what it does. And Ceres wants it. Um, I'm trying to think here what happens next. I'm, I'm looking at my notes. Yeah. Sam Rockwell, because he died in the in the show, develops a death complex where he feels like 
if all of this is real and all of this is it happens exactly like it happened on the show, then I'm going to die because right. I yeah. died on the show. And that becomes <laughs> a running gag throughout the movie. This yeah. guy is convinced he's going to die somehow brutally. I also really like the the detail of like it's someone that no one knew on the show. So his name is literally Guy. That, that just, <laughs> I thought that was yeah. funny. Yeah, that comes out later that his character's name was Guy because he was just a guy. Yeah. Uh, so now that they have found out that this is deadly serious, that Saris killed the past commander, that they're actually engaged in a real war uh, over the Omega-13, um, Tim Allen goes to negotiate with Saris a second time now that he knows what he's dealing with. And this time it's a disaster. It's a catastrophe. He is out negotiated by Saris. He's attacked by Saris. He's intimidated by Saris. They barely escape with their lives. Their ship is uh, badly damaged, nearly destroyed. They they accidentally fly into a into a minefield, um, which is the only way they're able to escape because Saris refuses to follow them into the minefield. By the time they make it out of the minefield, there the crew is injured. Everybody's upset, and nobody really has the will to go on. Um. They find out that uh, the ship runs off of a power sphere, which has been damaged, and, uh, and they need to replace that. And they also try to explain to the aliens, like, we can't do this. We're just actors. <laughs> this is all just a TV show. And they realize that these aliens have no concept of acting. Right. Um, it's, it's funny, because everything you're saying is, like, there's so much that is happening here. Yeah, but it really again doesn't feel force fed to no, you. Like it's no, just so no, natural no. and easy that like the elevator pitch of this movie, I guess, is super easy and short. Like you know, p- people get abducted into a thing that they didn't know was real and it is real or whatever. But yeah. like, there's so many little like, parts to it. But it really is so like smooth and easy just to like get all this like crazy deep lore <laughs> into some yeah. weird ass alien shit. Yeah. yeah. It comes across so seamlessly. And I actually made a note here in my notes cause I was really impressed how they had stacked up all the problems so quickly and telling their story. All the characters, personal issues were explored in act one. Now they have these external issues. Saris has engaged in combat with them and is probably looking to kill them. They've rejected their roles. They want to go home, but they feel trapped. The aliens don't understand that they're phonies and they probably will find out. Um, but those problems will be dealt with later because right now they need to repair their ship. So they need to find this beryllium sphere and they track it to a planet. Um, and it turns into basically an episode of Galaxy Quest. Yep. Um, and Star Trek. <laughs> Clearly is a ripoff of Star <laughs> Trek. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They find the beryllium sphere in a mine shaft that's filled with these cute little aliens. Uh, but the aliens turn out to be super evil. They hatch a plan to steal this sphere... Uh, we're basically they're gonna like distract the aliens and roll the sphere up into their little transport ship, but something goes wrong and the whole crew gets separated from Jason and he's actually left behind and he has to face off against a giant monster known as the Grignac. Um, yeah, the Grignac. It's basically a giant rock. It kind of is like the Rancor from Star Wars yeah, if the Rancor yeah. was made out of rocks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which apparently is another Star Trek deep lore thing because when William Shatner directed one of the movies, I forget which one, New Frontier, I forget. Okay, yeah. But he insisted they have a gigantic rock monster that Kirk fights, but uh, they didn't have the budget for it. Oh, that's funny. Oh, no so kidding. Interesting. They added it into this. It's so funny. The more you reveal like that, like I kept, I kept hearing about how like Star Trek conventions and events and stuff when they would rank the Star Trek movies. They would they would include this movie, and it was like really that's like, crazy. Like I mean I know I, I, it makes sense you would like it, but to go that far. But the more you reveal about it, it's like yeah, it, like it, it really like if you're a major fan, it cuts into some stuff that you've you know you know some deep lore like you said. Yeah. So, anyway, just funny. Yeah. Um. So while Jason is fighting the Garignac, the whole crew is giving him tips on how to fight it, but that nothing's really helping. Nothing is really getting accomplished. And what needs to happen is the engineer Fred needs to use the transporter to transport Jason and teleport him to the ship. But Fred's never done this because he's an actor. And they test the teleportation machine on an animal, and it turns the animal inside out. Yeah. Uh, and they tell him like, well, this was made for human anatomy, so it's only going to work with that. Um, Fred, Tony Shalhoub, he doesn't have the confidence to do this. And, and he's probably high. 
Andy's probably high. <laughs> His confidence is totally rocked. Tim Allen kind of gets on the uh, intercom with him and like builds him up, starts telling him like, I'm depending on you. I need you. You can do this. I believe in you. And they start to play this magical music in the background because this is the moment where Tim Allen's character starts to change. Mm -hmm. He's always been all about himself and a shitty captain and a poor leader. And for the first time, he's actually being a good leader. He's actually motivating one of his teammates to do something that they didn't think they were capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It works. Fred is inspired by Tim Allen and a cute alien girl that he's attracted to. He Mm -hmm. wants to impress her. He rises to the occasion and he saves Tim Allen and they have the beryllium sphere. Yep. One more little thing that I thought was funny is Tim Allen loses his shirt in this, which is a classic uh, William Shatner thing. He always wants a shirt. And Alan Rickman like instantly calls him on it when he gets transported in. Yeah. It's like, see, you lost your shirt again. Like, that, that is so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie does a great thing with its pacing where every time there's a victory, it's pretty much closely followed up with a tragedy. And so the yeah. movie's always going back and forth of, oh, they've got this. Actually, no, things are more fucked up than you think. Oh, no, they're going to get out. Wait, that actually ended up hurting something else. Yeah, yeah. So they have this huge victory at this point in the movie, but then they find out that most of this alien race called the Thermians are, they're mostly dead. Uh, That this is like the last little conclave of Thermians alive because Ceres has hunted them down and killed all of them. Yeah. Um, Then Ceres walks into the room. He's found them and he's taken control of the ship. He takes Tim Allen. He starts torturing him. Uh, and Saris finds out the truth, which is that these people are just actors uh, and none of this is real. Yeah. Also, want to call out what fucking great makeup. Yes, that's what I was going to say, too. Like, this dude looks so good. The Aliens we have shown yeah. before or whatever, but that was like CG. I'm so glad they went practical yeah. and made this guy like really scary. Legitimately looking. great practical, like no... Absolutely no need for CG with this guy. You know, there's some characters you can o- you feel like you can only do a CG. Yeah. And this guy proves like, you know, you can go pretty damn far with makeup. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he has like some animatronics built into his yeah. costume as well. And it's all very practical. It looks really cool. So yeah. well done. Not held back by being a physical thing at all. Yeah. So at this point, um, Tim Allen's been taken captive. He's being tortured. Saris understands what's going on. You're all actors, and and these people think you're real soldiers, but you're not. He forces Tim Allen to explain that to the to the Thermians, the aliens who he's here to help. Tim Allen doesn't want to do it, but he threatens to kill Sigourney Weaver, and so Tim Allen does it, and he does it very compassionately. And this is another uh, big moment for his character because, again, he's egotistical. He only thinks about himself. But now he is being compassionate for these aliens who he's just met. He's Mm. treating them with a lot of compassion. And he's also doing this to save Sigourney Weaver. So he's showing that he cares about her Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Yeah, they perfectly test all these characters at their, you know on their uh their trial they need to go through and yeah, all that. It's, it's very logical. So well it's done. a very logical way to do it. Like we've already established this character is egotistical and yeah. only cares about himself and all of this is a game to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now here we are halfway through the movie and he is like being sad and being yeah. parental and being protective like a real captain sh- should. And yeah. the change is very slow but ob- but also it's obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Sean said, not forced. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, when you when you said well-oiled machine, this is the perfect example. Yeah. Just everything just perfectly flows in the way it needs to. So the aliens, the Thermians, have their heart broken. They finally understand that this has all been a lie. It's all been a ruse, and they are very depressed. Ceres, um orders for everybody in the Galaxy Quest crew to be executed and the ship to self-destruct in nine minutes. Uh, which is a great uh, movie trope because now we have like a ticking time bomb. Right. So it's like, shit, dude, they got nine minutes or else they're all going to die. <laughs> right. Things are getting exciting. And this is kind of, uh, you know, outside the box for Sigourney Weaver. She's never really dealt with anything like <laughs> right, that before. Right. So, yeah. So the crew is taken to be killed. And this is kind of the end of act two. This is where the change in all the characters finally solidifies. Um, and it comes through this emotional catharsis that happens between Alan Rickman and Tim Allen, where, they decide like, okay, we're going to be killed. But remember what we did in that one episode where we were in this situation where we had a fake fight. They don't say it outright. Right. But they start arguing with each other. The argument, they're they're faking it. 
they're pretending to fight, but they're saying real things mm-hmm. that they could never actually say in real life. You know, Tim Allen is like, you seen stealing hack. I know you always <laughs> thought you were too good to be here. And then Alan Rickman replies with you egomaniacal twerp. It's all about you. And now I have to die just to feed your ego. And they're getting these real issues out. Right. Um, but then they start arguing with each other and fighting and the guards who are there to execute them don't know what to do. And, and then they, you know, they pick up a thing to hit each other, but then they end up hitting the guards and they're able to <laughs> escape. And they yeah. get out of this um, uh, moment of death. Um, and but now they've kind of have a realization of like, OK, we've we've gotten the baggage out. We've gotten the elephant out of the room. Now we can work together for real. Um, and they decide that they're going to fight back and take take back this ship. Um, Saris leaves the ship. And the crew hatches a plan to end the self-destruction process. To end the self-destruction process, they have to go through um, basically a series of steps that have been established in the TV show. They don't know what to do, but they end up with a communicator calling that super fan from the beginning of the movie. There's a plot point that we missed Uh, when Tim Allen comes back to get all of them. He drops his communicator and he swaps it accidentally with with the fans communicator. So this is a way that he can talk to them. And the fan basically tells him, like, you're going to have to go through the chompers. You're going to have to jump through the fire pit. It's like a classic (laughs) uh, Star Trek obstacle course. Yeah. I think this is my one issue with the movie. And I don't and I can't tell you if it's because of Justin Long. and I really don't like him or. You know, like it's funny them going through this thing, but the fact that like they had to call him back and he has the schematics of the ship, like that was like, oh yeah, I'm with it for everything else. But that was the one part was like, I don't know, I don't know about this. Huh. Like, I don't know if you need to do this. Hmm. It's fine. I like it because it, I feel like they touch on everything about Star Trek and the fact that the fans know more than the actors ever could. That's yeah, true. That's yeah. a good point. You know? Yeah. That's true. Like, yeah. there are Star Trek fans who have g- played Minecraft and done a one-to-one recreation That's of the true. ship. And, and they know it better than Patrick Stewart yeah. does for sure. And they know it better yeah. than he ever will. So if Patrick Stewart was actually on the ship, who better to call than yeah. the biggest Star That's Trek true. fan That's a good find. justification That's true. of it. Yeah. Ju- justification, isn't it? Oh. Just, you know, get it? I do, and I wish I didn't. So Jason and Sigourney are able to stop the self-destruction process, and they also get an explanation of what the Omega-13 might be, which is a second-chance device. Uh, It's speculated. The superfans have been speculating about it. Mm -hmm. Alan Rickman, um, he sneaks around, and he uses some stealth tactics. There's one alien on the ship who idolizes him and says, like, I've dedicated my life to living in the way of your practices. Um and the, together, they're able to fight a group of the bad guys, actually, like, evic- evacuate them from, like, an air hold and right. save the day. Um, but in that process, the alien gets mortally wounded, and Alan Rickman has a moment where he basically, he has this line that he fucking hates. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't remember the line, but it's like, by Grabthar's hammer, by the sword of Andalou. I will avenge you. And he said it so much that earlier in the movie, people were like chanting it at him. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab Thar's hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But now that he has this guy who's dying in his arms, who idolizes him, he says it to make this guy at peace so that he can die peacefully. And this is Alan Rickman's character's moment where it's like, your role is no longer a joke. Right. You've just, not only have you saved a ton of people using the tactics from your character, but this guy is dying in your arms and your character's famous line is the only thing that can bring him peace. Yeah. Um, it's a really sad moment too. Like it really yeah. like it gets you like it's, you wouldn't think it's, it's a, a powerful movie. character moment. It is. And like you get like my little kids are crying. Like it's sad when yeah. that guy dies and it's like you wouldn't, this is a dumb Tim Allen comedy about Star Trek. You wouldn't what, think it could do this. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This movie uh, surprises you at every turn. Yeah. So Alan Rickman's uh, follower dies, but it is death. He thanks Rickman for being an inspiration for his life. Alan Rickman's character finds value in his hokey character, uh, which is something he never thought he would do. And this changes him. And he, uh, he like attacks one of the guards with his bare hands and is able to kill him. Um, Jason and Sigourney, uh, Weaver find the core and they reset it. Um, they've basically saved the day at this point. Um, mm-hmm. 
Saris is on his ship, but he realizes that the Galaxy Quest ship has not been destroyed, and so they have a ship-to-ship battle, and he chases them around. Um, oh, and I and I should say, the kid who is angry, the Will Wheaton character, he's like, what am I supposed to do? And they're like, practice flying the ship. Because mm-hmm. earlier he tried to fly the ship, and he sucked at it. And yeah. he, he kind of crashed it a little bit. So he's been practicing flying the ship, and now he is at the helms trying to escape from Saris. He's unable to do it, but they've pulled a fast one on Saris. They've flown back into the minefield, and they've flown close to these magnetic mines to the point where they are tailing, trailing a bunch of these explosives behind them. And they get into a chicken, a match of chicken with Saris' ship where they come together, and then they go, uh, you know, they pull a maneuver at the last minute, and all of these bombs crash into Saris' ship and destroy it. Yeah. They think they've won. They're planning on going home. The movie's essentially over. But then, act three twist, Saris walks into the bridge with a gun and just starts capping everybody. Shoots Sigourney Weaver, starts killing everyone, starts killing everyone. Uh, And Tim Allen, he's like, oh my God, I've been defeated. I can't believe I lost to Saris. Wait! The Omega-13! Oh my God. Second chance device! (laughs) And he activates it. And the Omega-13 ends up Bending time and space, and he sends everything back in time 13 seconds, which is just enough to fix one mistake. Yeah. So now Saris enters the bridge once again, but Tim Allen's ready for him, and they capture Saris, they defeat Saris, and they're finally ready to go home. They take the ship back home, and uh, you know they're late for a convention, so they just drive it straight to the convention. Yeah. And they crash land the ship at the convention. And it's like the the most grand entrance <laughs> you could possibly. Literally, they crash yeah. it on the panel stage yeah. in time for their panel. And they step off of the ship and the fans are cheering them. Ah. <laughs> um, except for those who were crushed to death. Except for those who were crushed to death. <laughs> well, you know, whatever. Rubble. It was worth it. Yeah, Even so. Sam Rockwell, who's been this side character guy yeah. who's been afraid he was going to die. He comes out and he gets an applause. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Saris comes off the ship and everybody's like, oh, no, who's that? And Tim Allen, like, does a roll with the gun and shoots him and, like, blows him up one final time. And everybody there thinks it was like a big Part skit. Yeah. And yeah. They cheer. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the end of the movie. Jason, uh, Tim Allen, Jason Nesmith gives Sigourney Weaver a kiss. They've been alluding to this romance on and off the whole time. And I feel like this kiss finally solidifies his character change. Like, I care about other people. I care about you. I love you. It's something he was never able to say before. But now he's like a caring, passionate, real captain. Yeah. Um, That's how the movie ends, except there's an after, uh, like, an afterthought, a little post- I don't know what you call it, an epilogue, an epilogue, yeah. thank mm-hmm. you, where they mm-hmm. announced that Galaxy Quest, after being off the air for 17 years, is coming back for a new season. All the cast is back, including Sam Rockwell as security officer guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and Tony mm-hmm. Shalhoub, you know, I said he kind of had a crush on one of the aliens. Oh, yeah. the, the alien joins the show as, as well as Jane Doe. There she is. That's her. By the way, the aliens are all played by hilarious... Uh, character actors it's the the dude from just shoot me yeah and um dwight from the office yeah this that's his a, first movie ray wilson movie. really yeah. is his first movie yeah yeah he was great in this yeah uh, he's and, awesome and a ton of other actors who you'd recognize their faces but you don't know their names but yeah. you know they're all really funny. i read actually that steven spielberg came to the set one time and he decided that the alien he liked that girl and then the, they thought that it'd be cool to have the romance thing with Tony Shalhoub and it's because of him that that was added. Oh, because wow. it's Spielberg. Yeah. Nice. Uh, her name is Missy Pyle, I think. Um, and uh, she's been in a ton of stuff. She was like, she was uh, in Dodgeball. She was like the woman oh, on the other yeah. team the, the, f- from another country or yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she did a movie a couple years ago with Penn Jillette called Director's Cut, which was the most fucked up, no budget movie about a guy who... He steals the footage from a real movie and does his own commentary over it. He's a psychopath and does commentary over a movie that he stole and recut himself. Hmm. I know that's hard to hard to swallow, but they were trying to get a legit actress to be in the movie, and she was like, yeah, that sounds fucked up. I'll do it. And she's great in it. Huh. Um, I really like her. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, that was nice. cool seeing her in this. Um, um, and I, I also want to just point out, 
we should just let's just address it now. Go back to uh, the, the the guy from Just Shoot Me. I don't remember that actor's name. It's a, it's it's hard to pronounce, honestly. It's but the e. we promised we would mention something about this on the last episode. There is a Mega Sixty Four connection here. What is the connection? Uh, he brought his son to our panel once. Yeah, his son. <laughs> his son came to our booth at RTX. Yeah, was so excited to meet us, and then he like bought a shirt or something for his son. Yeah, and then I think maybe it was Eric. It was someone who took his car and was like. I mean, you don't just shoot me, right? And then he's like, yeah. It's like, okay, we're just checking. <laughs> and yeah, later on that day, he was at the panel, like front row watching our panel. Yeah. And I kept like, that's the guy from Just Shoot Me. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, and then he came up afterwards and he was like, great job on the panel. I think what you guys are doing is so cool. Yeah. So he, he's guy. a super nice, super nice guy. He's a he, fan of us. We're a fan of him. It goes both ways. He signed a poster and it's in our bathroom. It's hanging in our bathroom. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how Galaxy Quest ends. Now that the new show is announced, all the characters' roles have evolved into their true form. They finally are self-assured and love what they do i read that they were talking about doing a sequel to this or a tv show sequel and they were going to get the cast to come back for it and it was going to be 17 years later like they did in the movie oh yeah but uh alan rickman died and so they kind of scrapped it fucked it all yeah they said that happened and it was like had to go and die we're done yeah but that would have been cool i would have watched it yeah i would have watched it also it's interesting that uh Alec Baldwin was the the first choice. There's a lot of people who were before Tim Allen. I think it was like Steve Martin, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I, I was reading that everybody in the production side of this movie hated Tim Allen, <laughs> uh, and didn't think he was right for the role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a couple of actors actually quit because they thought like, "Oh, you're putting the guy from Home Improvement in this movie." Never. I don't want to do it. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But then afterwards, when the movie came out, everybody was like, "No." We take it back. He, yeah, he was perfect. I think wasn't it Ivan Reitman who like was like, oh, I thought it was him who was like behind it, and then he just bounced before it got started. I think it, it was him out. Or was it Harold Ramis? Oh yeah, the oh, director Har- quit. The director yeah. quit because he didn't want to do it. Was it Harold Ramis? Was it Harold Ramis? It was one of those. At some point, oh, Harold Ramis was involved. It was Ramis or Reitman. Yeah, <laughs> one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting. I, Tim Allen did great. That, he did. He was a great choice for this. I, yeah, I, I but I also get deny. why you would see that. I'm like, I don't know, you know, because <laughs> I thought that when I saw Tim Allen as his role. But um, <laughs> so on paper, this movie is really like A to B to C. But watching it, I feel like it's yeah. really well executed. It sounds simple when you just describe the plot, but it's actually really enjoyable. And yeah. it's surprising along the way. And it's fun. And there are little twists and turns, which seem obvious when you reflect on it later, like, oh, they were setting that up the whole time. But so many movies set things up and don't pay it off and don't go the right way. Totally. Maybe that's why this movie is such a treat because you're expecting this movie to suck and it just keeps on getting it right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Seriously. That's true. So I picked this movie. I will give my shakers first. Um, Loved it as a kid, and now I love it as an adult. I yeah, the Justin Long thing. I I hear your point. And I think that's pretty valid about the Star Trek fans no more. I just don't like Justin Long, and this was his first movie too. So I don't even blame the people who cast him. It's just like such a squeaky, like nerdy thing. It's like ah, oh, you didn't have to be play it this way, <laughs> and that bothers me. My only real criticism of the movie. So I think they give it a, f- a four, maybe a four and a half. Nice. I really liked it. I really like this movie. Um, I think Galaxy Quest is one of the best comedies ever made. Wow. Frankly, wow. I think that whether you are a sci-fi fan or not, Star yeah. Trek is so ingrained into pop culture that yeah. I don't think anyone would watch this movie and not get a kick out of it. Yeah, yeah. Even, I agree. Even yeah. if you've just seen Star Trek in passing and you know nothing about it, you'll yeah. understand that, okay, the nerds take it too seriously. Yep. The actors are over it. All of that will hit, and um, as we've just gone through it, the script is really tight. It doesn't feel slow or stupid, really, in in any discernible parts, in in my opinion. So I think it's a great film. I give it four out of five. Hell yeah. Uh, Yeah, like you were saying, I think the context of the film works completely on its own. This is is one of the only movies I could think of that I really think it extends its reach to sci-fi fans and sci-fi haters Mm -hmm. if you don't like sci-fi it even kind of extends to you you know like it works completely on its own i mean i already said it's like there's so many things that shouldn't work it does an expert class on setups and payoffs all the roles are cast uh the actors are all 
top notch, really. Yeah, it's it sounds weird to me, but like like I like I would never rank this. I, I, it's not in like my top ten favorite movies or top twenty even maybe, but I have a hard time giving it less than a five. Honestly, like wow. it kind of yeah. does everything right. Right, I really yeah. don't. So I don't know, but it's you know what I mean. But it's hard. It's like am I really giving this a five? Yeah. So I'm I. You give it whatever yeah, you want. I'm gonna yeah, give. I'm, I'm. Hey, it's a five for Hell me. Hell yeah. That's I, not. Yeah. I can't. I. I really can't like talk shit on any aspect of this movie. And again, to I think the final thing to say about it is like the fact that it got such a high score and it's for Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Like maybe Citizen Kane got higher, but then Galaxy <laughs> Quest that shouldn't yeah. be. But this movie yeah. is great. Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, I do want to say though. What really the biggest laugh from me in this movie was when uh, Sigourney Weaver's character is about to go through like the chomper things or whatever, like they like she has to do that. Da -da -da -da. You can clearly see on her face, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, you just hear, oh, screw that. And it's like, okay, yeah, this had a worse rating before. I read or that they purposely made it look bad because they were mad about changing the rating. But oh, really? They, yeah, so they were like, hey, do a bad job of saying screw that. Make it not even close. <laughs> yeah, it so did not. Did yeah, they did that on purpose because they were mad. I had did. suspicions through the movie, and then when it hit that, I was like, yeah, they changed the rating. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, it didn't matter. No. All right, Rocco, you have the next pick. I do, yes. The next pick. Great question. Um, he's had it locked and loaded. He's ready to go. Whole time. He's not going to make have this up on the spot. We have definitely not been on tour or anything that might, you know, take away from where and when uh, time and space uh, plays itself. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, do you guys want? You guys want to go cheesy or you want to go good? Uh, I don't care, Rocco. What does your heart tell you? Well, all right, we're going to do it. Let's get. You know what? Let's get fucking weird. Okay. Let's just do it. Um, this is one. This is I'm. This is one of my favorite movies. But I've only seen it recently, and it was it, it went up that high. But wow. I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say let's watch Mulholland Drive, David okay. Lynch movie. Never uh, seen it. We oh, did. You're gonna love it. Yeah, Sean's gonna be yeah. way into Sean's it. new favorite movie. Tune in next week. We watched uh, Elephant Man. That was a little more straightforward Lynch movie. It's time to watch a little more unusual. Yeah. Okay. Sean might let you handle the plot synopsis Mulholland next week. Drive. I'm down. Sounds I'm good. totally down with that. We'll see you next time on Movie Club. Watch Mulholland Drive. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, I have to end it. Sorry. Fuck. I'm leaving. To I'm walking out. To infinity and beyond. We already said that. <laughs>